are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. Tune in next week when our show will be in zero gravity. I, I think that's right. Anyway, message somebody at gmail.com for requests or hit us up on Facebook at the Somebody Likes It page. Boom. Everybody doing well tonight? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Getting yeah. by. Fair to partly cloudy. I saw that. I love it when people use weather references to, you know, to yeah. describe their moods or how things are going. Fair to sure. partly cloudy. Yeah. Fair to uh-huh. Well, you just I let just me know what metaphors you like. Okay, I will. I will. I'll submit. I'll submit a list to you. Sure. Hey, I saw this um, bumper sticker earlier today that said, um, "I may be old, but I got to see all the good bands." And I was like, "That's, that's quite a claim." Yeah, yeah, all the good bands. There are none all anymore. The, all the good. I saw all yeah. the good bands. Good bands are over. We've once once that. I hit thirty-five, no more good bands I came th- out. I think people get like they reach a certain age, and then like. You know, it's sort of it's sort of similar to to Austin. Like the golden era, depending on how old someone is, is that's when the golden, when era, the golden was, era was, and then it just yeah. went to shit right after then. Yeah, it's usually about five five years after they moved here. Yeah, yeah, true. And all these new people came. Yeah, like there's like the legendary Silk Creek Saloon and the Armadillo. You know, and then as soon as that left, you know, Austin turned to shit in like 1983. And Unless good. you were here for Liberty Lunch, and then once that went away, that was the last. Well, the... but but I'm saying the people from the Liberty Lunch, what started in the mid 80s, and so that was sort of like a, you know, a, a new thing, you know, where for like us, oh, to like the old crusty like uh, cosmic cowboy hippie types. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. and there, I've had multiple people talk to me like, yeah, you know, Austin Austin went to shit when the Electric Lounge closed in 1999. So. Every, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that bumper sticker. Long live Tom Baleo. There you go. Yeah, which uh, was what the Electric Lounge became. So it became remember when, like Henry's remember when Antones now. closed for the oh, fourth time? Yeah, right. Yeah, Antones. You could just basically throw a throw a dart at the map, and there's a chance that maybe it existed in that spot at one point or another. <laughs> that's right. That is true. That's what's. That's the. Only it's thing. nowhere right now, though, right? No, it's. It is. It's on, on fifth. fifth. Yeah. Oh, it's on fifth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it moved off for down for closer yeah, closer Clark. to the uh, convention center. Gary Clark Jr. Yeah. and a couple of other people, <laughs> investor people, got it got it open again. So, uh, so that's our Austin moment, Austin centric. A little bit Austin. Yeah, moment. our travelogue of uh, Austin music venues. Yeah, they should hire us, like, t- to uh, you know, get one of those like duck boat things that has wheels <laughs> and like, right. drive around the <laughs> yeah, city. Yeah. or like the things that, that used to be a club. The thing <laughs> that they trick people where they they you you have to like sit on the thing and you you pedal it to move it forward and you oh, get like beer, yeah, beer like, cart. but you drink at the same time. Yeah, yeah. but you know what? Like I personally don't want to fucking drink beer while I'm pedaling furiously to move this. No, that doesn't sound that fun. It just looks like a liability. I mean, I don't like. Yeah, that, that's a little bit of get off my yard language, but it's like. Literally, like a dozen people, like in the slowest moving drunk mobile you're ever going to see in the middle of the street. I was like, that. This is probably not. Yeah, it's. All, I think but it's yeah. always like team building. You know, for, like, like a team building exercise, team building but exercise. with booze. Let's all yeah. get drunk and go to the hospital together. Yeah, yeah. it sounds amazing. All okay. right, kids, let's get into the theme music. All right, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin, and I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it. Hey, Beyonce is dropping another couple of singles. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. There it is. You've been waiting all day to say that. <laughs> That's you? right. Yeah. Let's hope she doesn't drop them. Um, no. No. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's, that's the way that should go down. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes that's the lingo. It's she's, the way people talk about it. She's popping out a couple kids. She do, we, is, do we know uh, when she's due? She's, she's pregnant with, um, uh, with, with a pair. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, at some point. Is she going to put a ring on them? I don't know. Probably I hope she likes probably them, a teething ring. Yeah, <laughs> at some point, <laughs> if she likes them, she'll put a teething ring in them. Yeah, oh that's a super. All right, how many more? How many more dad Beyonce jokes can you guys come up with? I don't, don't put me on the spot like I'm that. I'm not trying to put you up on the spot. I'm just. I don't even that. have kids. Yeah, that I true. know about. Ha ha. There. Yeah. Anyway, so that's happening. Um, all of New York is a buzz. With uh, with the talk of 
of special times. Well, I think <laughs> all of the everywhere is a buzz. I was I asked Skylar earlier what she was doing. She's like, "All oh, my friends are insanely happy that Beyonce is having twins." I'm like, "Why do they give Why a do they fuck? care?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't. People really like Beyonce, dude. That's well, and it's it's not an exact analogy, but I remember like when Princess Diana died. And her, all no, that's were, not an exact analogy. But all, all these people what? like had very strong feelings about it's tangentially it. I like, related. I was like. Well, she seemed like a nice lady who, you know, wanted to do some good and get the work, get rid of landmines, and she was kind of pretty. But I mean, sucks certainly for her family. Certainly right? Why her. do you care so much? Like when people, like when Michael Jackson died, and like, like thousands and thousands of people left flowers for him and stuff like it was just p- truly bizarre. Let's to me. let's be clear. Like the real, really, the reason I'm mostly excited is for Solange. Solange. Why? Solange. Well, one, because she has a name that sounds like it could be Sherbet. And the second is that uh, that she gets to be <laughs> she gets to be a, an aunt. <laughs> so anyway, really is just an excuse for me to say an Solange. Solange. Which aunt. also sounds like it could be perfume. So it that, could be so a Sherbet and a perfume. Solange. Yeah. Solange. And it'd just be a picture of like Johnny Depp like burying a scarf in the desert. Like I don't know what the hell they do on any of those ads. <laughs> like anyway. Um yeah, so good times. Good times in the music land. Uh, no deaths, I don't think. Uh, no. Not this week. Um, no. We, no, we, we lost. M- did we lose Mary Tyler Moore? Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore, but yeah. But, you know, she doesn't no, make music. No musical well, deaths. <laughs> nothing, nothing she was now, a dancer but, uh, when she was young. When she was singing and dancing. Yeah, anyway. So there's that. Yeah, so. Mr. Grant. So, so. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Are we. <laughs> So, item in hand? Oh, yeah. So, this week we're going to do um, the album Passive Aggressive by Radio Department. It's a compilation of singles. Kind of a greatest hitsy thing. Um, yeah, so I wondered, um, since I picked a really short record with Dolly Parton, were you trying to, like, get back at me? Well, here's the deal. I should have told you this. I didn't think about it to today, but you didn't have to listen to the B-sides, man. That was a, that I was didn't a, know which ones were B-sides and which ones weren't. I just listened they to had it, a, it, ha- it says on the thing, like, it, it stops and then it goes... After that, to all the B sides, so. I just listened to the whole thing on Spotify, and well, you know. that's cool. Um, I listen to some of the B sides, but really, I'm just talking about the first 14 songs on that. Oh, Cause so I could have listened to half of it and stopped. Yeah, it's a yeah. Du- it's a double or album. Just listen- okay, I should have I should have tell you that they, when it, the album was originally released, it was only the A, a sides, and then they re released it with the B side. Yeah, so. cause I, I actually I really liked it, but it was taxing. Because I was like, Jesus, man. Like, yeah, you have to – that's the the thing about this this band after um, – while they – like in my opinion, I mean, it's a pretty fucking good album, I think. Um, but, I mean, I'm just coming from the perspective of just all the – like the actual singles, not the B-sides of the singles. So, I mean, if you just go through the first 14 songs, um, there's some – Outstanding music on there. The guys can write. Re- the guy can write really, really good hooks, but his vocals are buried so far in the background that after a little while, it's like a good, like if you're having a barbecue on a perfect day kind of album to like have on in the background. By the way, I think we should do like we could do a whole show just on like the weird analogies of the other shit that you're supposed to do like while you're listening to a given record because we all do it, but it's like. Mm-hmm. Didn't I, we, I did the uh, dishes while listening to this last night. Oh, yeah. So it's a good, uh, good record to do the dishes to. Absolutely. Kids, yeah. we recommend you do the dishes to this record. Yeah, so um, anyway, so my uh, quick, quick capsule take on this, and Shane, you're not going to like the beginning of it, but stay with me. So, the, so, so a little bit of this spills over to last week, which is to say that it's like, like – and I mentioned this on last week's podcast that, that I was like I think you went into the last record and nobody we're not all gonna like the same stuff but it's like I felt like you sometimes you go into a record and it's like I know you're gonna like get out slings and arrows after it before you ever like it doesn't always necessarily feel like you gave it a fair shake and so which is fine like it comes out the way that it comes out neither here nor there um, but so when this one came around it was your turn I was like well, I'm going to try and keep an open mind, but I was like, I don't know. If it sucks, maybe I can ball and hammer this sucker. So anyway, and then I listened to it, and I and of course, it's like it's dream pop. So I was like, well, that sucks. Now I love it too, damn it. Like So, um, so yeah, no, it's like uh, 
this is another, you know, obviously this is a record that I feel like plays at the intersection of several different genres that I actually like a lot. Um, I was never really much of a Cocteau Twins fan for, as an example, but mm-hmm. like, but the dream pop stuff that kind of bleeds into the shoegazy stuff and any of the other, any of those other genres, like, like you mentioned with the uh, vocals kind of being buried in the background. But like, I love that stuff. Yeah, like, I do too. Like it plays well for me. So I, anyway, I wrote more like, Faye, Jesus and Mary Chain. Well, they're really different. They jump. Oh, uh, wait, I just want to say something. Well, they, yeah, they, they bounce just, around in styles a little bit they, as they keep shedding members. Yeah, yeah. It, um, there was one album, I guess, that that didn't get such good reviews of the Pet Grief album, and it's only represented by one. Th- it's a great track. I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but um, I want to address what you just said. I always try to give these a fair shake. I listen to them. if I don't like it, I I'll knew listen you wouldn't to, agree with that. I listen to it. Like, I'm just honest about how I feel about it, and so sometimes I don't know that if, if I always try to find something in there to talk about if I like it or if I don't like it, you know, there's just, I'll listen to it multiple times. And sometimes it doesn't hit me the right, the right way. I'll just continue to listen to it. But sometimes I just don't like it. Sure. Anyway, I just wanted to address that. So anyway, the point is, is despite my best intentions, I really like the shit out of this record. And I thought, and I even liked, you know, like to, to one of the things that we, you and Ryan were talking about before we started up the podcast was just, um, how like some of the stuff on the B sides are like, weren't as much a, of your attention and mine either. Like those are a little bit more in some cases, like kind of um, broad sketches uh, or in some cases, instrumentals or whatever. But it's like, I just really like, I think that there's a lot that this band does that I connected with. So anyway, I got a kick out of the B side stuff too. Even I, if I, didn't I, spend I, liked, time with I it. liked it. Not, I, it wasn't. Yeah. The broad, broad sketches. Um, but I mean, m- again, the motherfuckers can write hooks and well, that's the thing that, that stays consistent throughout, but there's an element of like, I'm taking my football and going home. When somebody leaves the band, they just readjust the sound of the band to not need that instrument anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which well, it's kind of hilarious. It, well, like, but it, if you listen, like, it's, it's, it, you, so the first, so uh, like you said, like I said earlier at the top of this, like the first, it's a singles compilation. And the band has been around for a long time. I mean, they just put out an album in um, October of last year. Well, I guess it formed in like 97, but they didn't actually put out a proper record until like the 2002. Early, yeah, 2002. But, uh, well, let me, they put out their first record in 2004, but 2002, I think, is when they started putting out singles. But um, the, lo- the record that they had put out in between um, this one, well, the, the record that had been the latest record, the one that came out right bef- in 2010, right before this compilation did, um, really harkens back to their first record. And you can hear that, the songs, there's there's a similar makeup with the bass and the drum. There's less keyboards. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in the middle with the singles where they they do more synth pop. Like, it's it's real 80s, Depeche mode kind of sounding. What isn't I, it interesting, sorry. though, and I, I'm sorry, Ryan. That's right. Like, I was just going to say, like, isn't it interesting, though, that, like, to your point about, um, Ryan, about, like, taking away instruments and then sort of acting like, we just don't need those instruments anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's like the even if with that conceit, you run into a situation where it's like if you are you just that stubborn or like are you just a well-rounded musician well, enough that like you can uh, you can evolve and tweak your sound to use the instruments that you have available. I mean, there's a lot of bands that just change their sound album to album too. I mean, you, you see well, that. sure, and sure. That's, that's kind of the sign of a healthy band is is like that you evolve right to not stay stuck um, right. But um, this band has a lot of past members, um, yeah. and right now it currently has two yeah. current members. So. Two guys, yeah. Do they um, break up on stage and ask everybody to get their money back? It could be. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to think about it like this. Like, I mean, this. Okay, this this band has been on my radar for a few years. Now. I've never heard of them before this week. Yeah, I, I they would just pop up on like Spotify playlists or like um, Pandora radio and every single time a song would pop up i mean with, like without exception that i can remember would be like god i gotta f- find out who this is and it's always this fucking band and i'm always thinking i got i have to remember to listen to these guys and i just would always forget i don't know why but and i, I by the way i had no idea they were swedish until i looked them up can the, um, uh, can the what is up with sweden and hook writing oh, yeah. i don't know man <laughs> they, they, it's they have the pop gene there is something in the fucking water there dude. it's totally true Hey, do you guys want to listen to something? Let's listen to Pulling Our Weight. That's, I think, is the best song on this record, and this is the one that definitely introduced me to the band. Play it. (laughs) 
good shit, man. That's good shit, and that yeah, is that you. is a New Order slash Joy Division yeah. baseline. If I ever heard one, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. You, you see New Order pop up a lot, even in the stuff where they go full synth after this um, record. Yeah, you you hear a lot of uh, New Order in there. That that song feels like it was like written for me. It covers every all of my bases. Yeah, I can see that. No, it's it's great. It's really great. You know the um, the reason that the that the baseline feels the way that it does in New Order songs is like the, so I have I've read about the first third of um, Peter Hook's Peter book. Hook's book on uh, Joy Division and and originally like like with a lot of these other things it's like they happened because and he just had to turn the bass up like he had to play at a higher pitch because of the equipment that they had when they were just or getting started. Volume. Uh-huh. Well, and a, and a higher pitch. Like the, well, he was like, playing a t- he ended up doing it using a tenor bass. Yeah. So and a, and a regular bass for the lower registers. Yeah, so so anyway, yeah, the point being that um that like in a weird way that has influenced like it's it has influenced all of these other acts and it's like you can totally you hear it. see like, a whole lot before that like just with like the bass actually leading the melody. Uh, right. Yeah, that sounds more like the Joy Division stuff because when they when they got into New Order, rather like he started playing that higher tuned bass, and then they would. Well, he'd still do counter melodies with it. Uh, no, he would do the, he would use the tenor for the melodies, and mm-hmm. he would then he would play a regular bass to have the low end mm-hmm. in the song. Just like they, would, they would do like two, yeah, or they would use a keyboard bass too, I guess. So I think for the rest of the podcast, uh, Radio of Dalmingen. Is the actual Swedish name of the sure? Band. That's exactly how it's pronounced. Oh yeah, they're like about that is really hilarious. Super to like actually hear a Swedish person say it. We should invite Lars on sometime. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Anyway, named after a gas station turned radio repair shop uh, called called the radio department. Of course, in Swedish. Hey, yeah. can, can we say one thing about this real quick? I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, I was the, done. The, uh, oh, the, album, the album cover. cover. The album cover is the best one dude album cover I've ever seen, excepting Bob Seger in the Silver Bullet Band. I just think it's, it's like uh, the, the kid from like the cover of like a Smiths record, but, except for like ten years later, and he has a heroin habit. Yeah, yeah. Well, he looks super drunk to me. His hair is all fucked up, but it also looks like he's got like 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 cans on in the studio headphones. Shane's making a motion with his hands to yes. simulate the guy's hair. Uh, well, I'm trying to simulate like what what he's got over his head, but yeah, good. That's a good look. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's been through the uh, the ringer and it kind of looks like he maybe like he, the other side of a bender. He kind of look yeah, it kind of looks like somebody beat him up and he's still drunk and he's regretting getting beaten up also. He's like, "Why am I in jail?" <laughs> yeah, that exactly that look. Or maybe he's just sad. Uh, he doesn't look happy. No, he doesn't. It's definitely true. But you know, you know, it's funny too because I was thinking about we were talking about like acts that influence this act, and then I think about some of the things that that I can hear that come like that are probably not not necessarily offshoots, but like uh, pay homage to this. And I think about like the record that came out. It was a record that came out last year, the year before last, and I actually meant for us to run it sometime. We just had never gotten around to it, and I don't know if we will anytime soon, um, by Daywave. And um, it's really, I mean, like, I can hear some similarities there, but the but the Daywave stuff really gets characterized as bedroom pop, uh, like gets put in that bucket, and I wouldn't necessarily call this that. Like, this feels like maybe a little bit darker than that, but... Um, Anyway, just uh, I guess maybe well, what I what I wrote down uh, was New Order, Joy Division, OMD, Trashcan Sinatra's, the Dream Academy, and more Faye, Jesus and Mary Chain. Wow, uh, yeah, that really so has got a lot of shade in was there. Dream Academy wasn't that like Life a, in a yeah. Northern Town? Uh, hey, I'm on uh, my way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. You don't know that song. I can't, not that I can think yeah, of. Yeah, you, you. Oh, you know what I was you're thinking. You're just when, blocking it from probably memory. when you said Dream Academy, I was thinking Dream Theater, which is like. Oh no no no! It's like a like no, a no. That's like very, a second rate Queensrÿche. Well, no 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 no. It's like <laughs> it's a bu- it's a bunch of virtuosic, like, like like guitar guys that like play like you know like like really fast and then yeah, like bass. Yeah, so I was like, "Wait a minute, I don't exactly, but it's Dream Theater." So, yeah, no, Ooh, we should Academy. do a Dream Theater album one of these days. Oh man, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels are turning right now. Ryan's Ryan's starting to slowly look like the guy on the cover of the record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sad trombone. I love the. I, I've got to say, like those blendy, like behind, like buried in the vocals, 
Well, all the vocals sound like they were recorded like in a deep cavern. I love that shit, man. And like lots and lots of like, he's buried in the mix, but he's also got a lot of reverb and echo on it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's pretty, but it's not, it doesn't sound wall of soundy to me. Like it. No, like, no, 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 no. Like, not like, like my bloody Valentine when I say shoegazy, like it, it's, sure. it's more like slow dive kind of. Well, stuff. I guess really, maybe it does, his vocals sound a lot like Neil Halstead's doing slow dive. And it, I didn't even think about that till right now. If you go back and listen to those, First couple out. In fact, their first Slowdive's first album, Four Day, which sounds con- a considerably different than a lot of their their later stuff, really buried vocals and much you know, like tamed down kind of almost Cocteau twin sounding. Sure. So yeah, I guess it all ties together. There you go. All right, it's all making sense to me. Rah. Let's do. Uh, so that that actually that was from their first record, and I'm gonna play a song from their second record. But hold on, I can't remember. It's called Heaven's on Fire. I'm pretty sure, which is also... It's a Kiss song. It's also a Kiss song. Oh, I just turned on Ryan's phone. Um, I don't know. We're going to play a song, and I'm going to see if that's the one I want to play or not, because I can't. I don't have my notes. Um, so it might be that. Or, or mine? No, your notes are, don't say what my, I need mine to say. <laughs> that was, that was the yeah, no, I, I got it. Okay, so we're going to play a song, and it could be that song. I just can't remember. I'm going to have to figure it out. Stay tuned. That was the that was the title of the song. Heaven's on fire. Heaven's on fire. You're right. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah. Now there's a little piece in um, in the Pop Matters review on this where they said something that I thought was kind of interesting. If you didn't recognize the voice in the front end of that, that is um, Sonic Youth Thurston Moore, who said, "I think we should destroy the bogus capitalist process that is destroying youth culture." And I don't know what that means, but it leans into a pretty swell pop song. Yeah, that, I, I had no idea that was first and more. That, yeah. That's that's when the radio department was in their Tahiti eighty phase. I was I was gonna say uh, uh, it pleases me. I enjoy the Tahiti eighty phase. Yeah, the Tahiti eighties. I'm nobody saying anything. I was gonna say Bell and Sebastian, but uh, yeah, there's that there too. But I definitely like I, it it's, reminds me of Tahiti. I mean, it, yeah, I can thing, totally see that. But here's the thing about this band is that they crib from people. I mean, all good bands really do, but they well, they, they seamlessly put it in a way that just it ultimately sounds just. Like themselves, um, right? They do, but like, I you can't listen to this without going influence, influence, yeah, influence. I, that's partially because they jump around stylistically somewhat, but I think like ultimately, like throughout the list, the entire listen of the record, like it, it ends up just. Going well, it kept bugging like me. That. I was going like, like who's who's this, this guy's voice sound exactly like? And it, it wasn't anybody exactly. Um, it's just. Similar. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think, like, you know, I wonder, like, why? I mean, why? I mean, it sounds instantly familiar to me. And so I'm not sure why. To that end, so, so the the next little bit in this in this piece says, maybe Duncanson refers to or defers to samples because he's smart enough to know that the sound of his own soft voice can't always match the conviction in his words. I don't necessarily know if that's true, but I do think that, like, lyrically, some of the some of the content is pretty like. Um, you know, sort of raising your fist against the man, uh, but it is also simultaneously buried in the vocals, and it's and it's uh, wrapped in this kind of um, not saccharine, but like easily digested whole. That's why it makes me think a lot of the the early '90s British shoegaze stuff because the the vocals weren't a lot of times 
they were just another instrument. Yeah, and, they weren't you prominent. Know, you, prominent. Yeah, you couldn't you, you couldn't really genres. make out the lyrics, especially mm-hmm. go back and listen to my Bloody Valentine. I mean, those lyrics are just completely incidental to p- propel the melody yeah. forward. Kevin Shields doesn't know what they are. Like, <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know that's that. I think maybe what you just kind of hammer on what you just said, Ryan. I, like they feel instantly familiar, and I think that might have hindered them because see, some of these songs are fucking home run songs, and none of us knew about this band. I didn't know. I literally had never heard of them until a week around, ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. You know, I should have pursued. Like I said, like some of the I love a lot of the of this record. Can and, we talk about something else that I think is is related, but? But also really interesting, which is like not necessarily elephant in the room, but it's but it's big enough that I'm surprised that we haven't talked about it already. Which is that this like we're listening to a greatest hits record, like we're reviewing the greatest hits record. Well, we talked about is, it. In the, it, it is well, a greatest hits record, but on one hand, on the other hand, it's just a record of singles. It's a singles compilation. I was saying it's a greatest hits record, but well, um, well, and I texted Shane when I figured that out. I was like, you realize this is a like singles compilation, he was like, "Yeah, we haven't done that yet." Well, I know, yeah, we I know. and but it's a weird way to get to know a band. Well, like here's here's why what, to I hear like their it. best songs. Like, well, no, but like, like, like okay, consistent. like when you go back to like Ramones Mania, it's like probably like the first like thing you know committed to whatever medium I heard it on, probably CD. Uh, but I'd heard a bunch of Ramones songs just kind of out, you know, in the world. And I'd never heard of this band at all, so it's not like listening to like you know this era of their career it's like spanning what well, where there's like a, i mean like individual records have a stylistic similarity well they're usually like you know that this that's the blueprint of where the band was or you know the historical moment you know at that time this is what that band was kind of sounding like i mean i feel what you're saying but we've talked about this before there's certain bands that uh that you don't want to like you remember like i said like lars speaking of swedes you know has brought up Squeeze, you know, he's like, now there's a band that's, or James, like, that's a band in, in need of in a greatest, greatest hits album. Yeah, Squeeze yeah. has got one, I believe. So, so the reason that I mentioned the greatest hits thing is not solely because this is a greatest hits record, which it certainly is, and they're not the type of thing that we usually review, but, but it also occurred to me that this band only put out three full lengths, and it's like they put it out over such an, a great period of time, and they changed stylistically throughout that time, and all different iterations of those of this band are really interesting and well executed. And so it's almost like the only way to really kind of get to know who the hell they are, especially since they have flown under the radar a little bit is by doing the greatest hits record. And so it just, it strikes me as oddly appropriate, but mostly because it's this band and not because it's a greatest hits thing. Yeah. No, I I can, I get you there. No, I can get behind it. Like I wouldn't want to do that every week. And I guess I'm just like, you know, I'm a creature of habit. I'm used to what, I was going to say, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that might be a little bit true. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Heaven's on Fire, name of, ki- name, of, name of a Kiss song. It is the name of a Kiss song. Ryan also wrote down in his notes, dig Heaven's on Fire. I'm assuming he's talking about the radio department I was, I was talking about the radio department version. But, hey, when I was, like, 11, loved the Kiss song as well. Yeah, when I was, like, four, I was really into Kiss. Me and, me and, uh, didn't last me and my buddy it. Wes would listen to that record a whole lot. And Animalize? Animalize, yeah, yeah. I think they'd finally taken off the makeup or whatever. But anyway, like, there's a there's a lyric in it that it's probably Angel Fly, but we thought it was Angel Fry because Heaven's on Fire, and we thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I could see why you might find that hilarious when you're like 11. Um, hey, let's uh, intermission. Do intermission uh, that's you, right? It's no, me. This is my. Oh, oh you're yeah. looking at me. Yeah, this yeah. is my record. It's yeah, Kevin sorry. It's Kevin. All right, let's play some. Let's play some music. So lately I've been um, A book I got for Christmas was uh, Kanye West owes me $300 I've heard so many good things about that book I'm about halfway through it And I just um, emailed Jensen Karp Who was the, a guy who, a uh, battle rapper who sounded like Eminem before Eminem and almost made it big. Uh, but he wrote this really funny book, and it's all about his experience getting signed to Interscope and a whole bunch of other stuff. But the, the weird side fallout of that is that I've just been listening to a lot of, like, uh, that kind of st- like 
just like rap battles, rap battles, not necessarily rap battles, but like stuff that's in that genre and specifically like from the from like some of the 90s heyday. And so when we were kicking around when I was kicking around, like what we would do during the um, few minutes with segment tonight, I thought this would probably be a good time to uh, rock some LL Cool J. So we're going to rock the bells. LL Cool J is hard as hell. Battle anybody, I don't care. You tell. I excel. They all fail. Gonna go sell double L. Yeah, so there are no bells in that song. Like, they're yeah, not. I don't know what bells they're rocking, but they're, they're not there. Is that a Rick Rubin song uh, yes. produced? Yes. Yeah. It totally sounds like one. And no, yeah, uh, yeah. a little bit of side trivia. He sampled that song. He sampled. That's, that song gets sampled for Mama Said Knock You Out. That's a good fucking song, man. Yeah. I love this era of rap. I, I like, See, I'm on the fence about it. Like, I like it more. What's to a, decide? It was years ago. What? Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I like it. I really think rap starts to get really, really good about three to four years down the line from this. Like, I like it more as a historical document. It's fun to listen to one or two songs at a time. I can't listen to a whole album. Like, I can listen to a whole Tribe Called Quest album from start to finish. I can like, listen to Raising Hell from Run DMC, like, from start to finish. I like it when it... never get bored. For me, it, it, it's the simplicity of how the rap when it, it, it it's when the counter stuff starts coming in, like it, when it's just like to me, it gets a little sing songy after a while, like bum 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 bum, and it just after like one or two songs, like I can see a little too nursery rhymey to me. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, and like it does feel foundational in that way for like the complexity. Yeah, no, it's of not some things that come along later. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm not I'm not downing it in any way. It just for me, like it like my attention span starts. So, so this song peaked at number 17 on the hip hop uh hot R&B slash hip hop song chart and uh and I miss giant boomboxes holy shit so when we were when we were watching this back like um there's not if if you're listening at home or in your car or anywhere you have access to the internet um there's not really a video that's easy to find for this particular no, it's just a bunch of still photos with swipes yeah, weird, weird, like antiquated LL swipe J, like, stuff. like posing shirtless. With yeah, the, with it'll a, just be like a Kangol hat. Is that what those yes, were called? Yes, he, he was famous for that Kangol. But there, were, there would be a still photo that would come up for about five, ten seconds, and then change to another one. Did you guys notice at the end there was a video directed by credit, like some guy, to, like like he's like patting himself on the back, like, like yeah, yeah, I did this video. It's like yeah. that Billy Squire situation is like we've never heard from again. Oh, that guy wishes he was. What was the guy's name from Billy Squire? Uh, oh, the guy that ended up directing like, yeah, High School Musical. He did. Uh, from the Billy Squire song that we watched yes, on that, here, that we watched. Yeah, and it got brought up in another context, and we were like, "Oh, yeah, uh, or uh, Ortega, Kenny Ortega." How do you remember that shit, man? Well, dude, brought down a major artist's career with one video. Well, the thing is, is he did, and then he went on to have an incredibly successful career of his own. So this is this is really interesting. So this song. This is one little snippet that I did not know, and now I totally want to go find this. But it says so this off the Wikipedia page for this track. It said the song was also used in the video in the video game DJ Hero, in which it was mixed with the Verve's Bittersweet Symphony, and uh, was later featured on LL Cool J's Does that compilation mean that, album. That that uh, what was mixed with the Verve's Bittersweet Rock the Bells and and Bittersweet Symphony were mixed together by who? By by the video like so they there was a like you remember Guitar Hero. Sure. Yeah, there was a DJ Hero game that came out that was like kind of worked the same way. Except Does that, that you mean that whatever and... company put that out also got sued by the Rolling Stones? 
Maybe I don't know, dude. Or, or uh, the Verve got sued by the Rolling Stones and basically broke them up. They yeah. Didn't, yeah, they didn't make any money off that song. Yeah, their well, the only he, giant he, hit. Huge not really the, hit. Not really the point of bringing it up, but okay. Yeah, like um, I just think it's yeah, it's an it's an interesting exercise to think about mashups, and it sounds I love like mash-ups. that was one. Yeah, I, I thought too. it was interesting that uh, at this time LL was making thirty thousand dollars an hour. Well, you know, one of the things that popped up out of that um, Kanye West owes me 300 bucks book, and it's like, I won't give away a whole bunch, but it's like, he uh, Jensen Karp talks a little bit in that book about, like, what it's like to have just an open recording budget, like, you know, like, just to be able to go, they're like, who do you want to direct your first thing? And he's like, RZA. And so, like, like an hour later, he's on the phone with that guy. Like, just that kind of mind-blowing shit. Now, you know... Looking at some of those like pose photos of LL Cool J half shirtless in a funky hat with a boombox, you know, he had his moment in the sun too. So anyway, this is it was kind of fun to go in the way back machine for a second. I, I liked uh, my favorite lyric from the um I I didn't hear the first part. He's talking about Bruce Springsteen, and then he rhymes it with, oh, it's it's playing again in the background. I think that's just your subconscious. Oh, it's a video produced by Von Reagan Davis. Um, so yeah. anyway, no, he says something about Bruce Springsteen, and then and then he says, "I'm not a virgin, so I know I'd make Madonna scream." Oh yeah, you left. I heard. Yeah, I heard that line too. Well, at some point he said, "I'll bring the wood." Um, oh yeah. Do you guys yeah. remember that song? It was right. It came out on the album that was before Mama said knock you out, which is a great album. But uh, I don't think it was on the same album. I think it was the one before where it's the video is like, or that song is, "I'm the type of guy." And he's talking about like uh, he's the whole. It's like I'm the type of guy that would like sneak into your house and cheat on your girlfriend with you, um, or whatever. But yeah, your math might be wrong, but still. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know it just came out of my mouth like yeah. too quickly, but anyway, um, that he says like I'm the type of guy that I'll take you to breakfast, lunch, dinner, dot 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 in breakfast. So the uh, he's the type of guy. The other thing that I always forget until I start listening to LL Cool J, which doesn't happen admittedly very often, is that my, one of my, my college roommate, his, uh, this is, uh, I'll try and get to the good part fast. His, his brother is a cameraman in LA and works on, works on sitcom shows and does award shows and whatever, and has done that for a long time. But anyway, every now and again, my, my friend James will go out and visit his brother. And, uh, years ago, he was in he was in Los Angeles hanging out with his brother, and LL Cool J walked up, and my my friend's African American. Anyway, he my LL Cool J thought he was Morris Chestnut, and started talking to him like they'd known each other for a really long time. Man, and that so, is an awkward situation. It is like, and he was like, and James was like, James is like. He's like, I recognize exactly who this is, and he's talking to me like he's known me for a really long time. So he just kind of went with it for a little while, like just rolled with it. <laughs> did he yeah. cop? Did he cop to it eventually? Or I mean, yeah, eventually he ran into him like they were walking out at the same time, and he was like, "Hey, listen, I gotta come clean with you. I'm from Dallas." And so what he should say was like, "Like, hey, my name is James, also, and ladies love me too." Oh sure, yeah, well, yes, but uh, but anyway, yeah, it was always a fun. Like he he just. Um, he talks to this day. He talks about LL Cool J in these, you know, glowing terms. What was his? What was the ultimate outcome of that? Do you know? Like, uh, no, just a briefcase of mistaken identity. But they ended up like actually they ended up uh, having a having a great chat. And then I think he either he either saw him somewhere in Dallas. My my friend programs uh, the Dallas Film Festival. Yeah, he curates a film festival. So it's like. He runs into these guys sometimes more than once, and his as his brother continues to work in L.A., it's like every now and then when he's out there, you know, it's, sometimes that town's not that big. But anyway, yeah, L.O. Cool J, uh, Rock the Bells, a song with no bells in it that he ended Thank up that, sampling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that song in a long time. And, I had neither. And, like, I didn't realize it, but I missed it. Yeah, there you go. That'll Aww. be $5. Yeah. That's sweet. That, that's right. Boom. Now I just want the. I also was looking at the giant um, boom boxes and like how fancy the cassettes were on the inside I of the was boom boxes. The same thing. They look like like the like a mini reel to reel. Yeah, I things. was like I was like that shit is a probably hurt messing up your shoulder as we speak. And then beyond that, like kind of cool walking around with like boom box related like lifelong injuries. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. She's like the right side of your body is really buff. You get like Tommy John like, surgery. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Carrying it around a boombox. Yeah. It's an embarrassing trip to the doctor. Anyway, that was LL Cool J. Little blurb, uh, or really a question that that bubbles up out of the Pitchfork review for um, for the radio department, passive aggressive record. They say that the, the the guy who wrote the review says uh, Johan Duncanson, uh, who refers to his barely there vocals, have a similar lackadaisical quality and effortless cool, a la uh, Julian Casablancas uh, from Is This Strokes? It? Era Strokes. Yeah. Do like, do you agree? I thought the first song on this album was definitely feel strokes influence to me. Um, I don't think it's it's not as harshly distorted as Julian Casablanca's. And in fact, you know, and it's more breathy. Uh, it's I, more breathy. Like, I, yeah, I don't know that I now that now that I'm thinking through that because Casablanca definitely has that sort of like f- kind of flat, effectless way of singing. But he definitely can get like into it and yelp a little bit. And this guy never does that. Yeah, these are just like soft all the way through. Uh, so that's not necessarily where, where it would have gone in the first place. I mean, I sort of get where he's getting at. I get what he's getting at, but I, I, yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't agree. The yeah, the what I kind of took away from that was just the sort of more the attitude necessarily than the volume. Just the idea that like the strokes always sound like they could just kind of take all of this or leave it. Um, clearly, uh, yeah, they're taking it, but yeah, I mean, so that's the lackadaisical. When he says that, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I guess I get that. Um, like I said, I think the first song has got like that's kind of the punkiest sounding. That's like got more like rocky. What, the guitar. first song, the first song. On I the fucking record. love that song. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like it when they have drums and you know real bass and so, whatnot. So here's the other question. Like, I mean, beyond maybe this is just this. Maybe this will answer it in the as I asked the question, but it's like beyond the fact that they put out three records in what was it like 10 years or something like that. It took yeah, them they just put out their four or well, three records and then the singles compilation. And then they just put out a record in beyond October beyond the sparsity of their release dates. Uh, like why aren't this, why isn't this band better known? They're great. Well, I think we were alluding to that earlier. They are great. And that, you know, I think it's that instant familiarity that Ryan was saying. It's sort of like, um, well, it's that, and who are they signed to? I mean, a lot of that is business side shit. Yeah, I that mean, they weren't being pushed. They it is true. That is true. Well, also, like, I don't know if you guys went on their website, but the last date they have listed on their website took place in 2012, and they put a record out in October. So, like, you think you would want to so great just, on the follow up? Yeah, you want to just take that stuff down. Well, maybe I, if they're here for some. Well, I, I wonder if they're like just. If these guys are just kind of a pain in the ass to be in a band with, because like we counted it out on my cigarette break, we did. But you keep saying nine, they have nine ex members and two current members. Yeah, but they've never had a hit, and they've been around for fourteen years. So I mean, that doesn't. Well, you posited the theory that that's because it's you know a band that's kind of been flying under the radar and not making very much money. Right. Exactly. I mean, like you, like I was, I compare this band a lot, like not sonically necessarily, but maybe in career arc. with the trash can Sinatras and the, the dude, those guys have had the, like yeah, there are moments in this that uh, where I I mean I wrote down trash can Sinatras like while listening to it because there were moments that reminded me. But you were saying um, they uh, trash can Sinatras. If you go back and look at the, how many past members they've had, I mean you know there's twenty or, or like, a lot of guys have been in that band and out of that band, and it's yeah. a band that's existed. No, and, and they, their first they probably love it, but they can't pay the bills. Right. They put the Trash Can Sinatra put their first record out in nineteen eighty nine. They put their most recent record out last year. Didn't like, you play a, a show with them once? A couple times. Yeah. That yeah. had to be a nice thing because Shane yes. Shane is a giant I'm Trash Can Sinatra fan. Big Trash Can Sinatra fan. That's true. That was cool. But but I mean I'm saying that's to me that seems like if you're around for a long time and you don't really achieve that much of a modicum of success, or you achieve a modicum of success, but not, you know, like it's hard. It's a hard, especially if you. Is that is that a deal where like the songwriters actually like make a little bit of money, but like the people that aren't necessarily getting any of the publishing? Right. Like, so I know that this band had three songs on the Marie Antoinette soundtrack, and so 
the band, the people in the band will get paid, but also the the publishing they'll they'll get paid more. But I mean, that's one thing. You know, it's probably not that much money. We're talking about fourteen years, and you guys have never heard of them before. So yeah. Well, and and uh, shout out to Sofia Coppola for having good taste. Like, oh, she has great. T- she does have great. Well, taste. She introduced. That, that, like, yeah, that movie has like good music all through it. So apparently, I have heard them before because I've seen that movie. Uh, she, she introduced Phoenix to the world, and then later had a, some babies with Thomas Mars, at least, or uh, at least one. At least a baby. Yeah. She um, dropped a single. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she dropped a single. <laughs> she gets, yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I imagine, so it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, just because they've had a lot of people in the band or, you know, not a lot of people, it's hard to keep a band together, you know, without a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you think about Spoon. Like, how many bass players that Spoon have? I mean, they had a different bass player. Yeah, Britt on... once asked me, like, hey, you know any good bass players? Like, that <laughs> might want to be in there. And I talked to a friend of mine who was dating, like, a really great bass player, and he was just too lazy to go aud- audition. And I was like, oh, what are you, an idiot? That's ridiculous. <laughs> right, exactly. You're abusing the gift. Yeah. All right. Is. Well, so, Kevin, so we, we've talked about the songs from the, the – I think I can't remember if we ta- said at the top of the show that this record is a double record. But um, the second disc, as it were, is B-Sides, and the first one was really the only one I was talking about. But there's one I think you said you wanted to listen to. Yeah, no, I thought – I just made a note when I was listening to this record that um, that I thought there were some interesting things going on with Peace of Mind. So I thought maybe um, if you're cool with it, why don't we roll that one? Yeah, sounds great. Right. So we talked a little bit during that track about like just how much like kind of extra fuzz there is like sort of in the background going on there, but still those those chiming guitars and like that pop sensibility and the rises. Hook. I mean, the like, hook is crazy good. Yeah, it's crazy good. Damn Swedes, man! They can't not write hooks. No, it's it's, pretty it's amazing. Weird. They're right next door to Norway, which is all into like <laughs> like no, so is Sweden. I mean, they call it yeah, like Swedish death metal and Norwegian death. It's the same. It's it's very similar. They're very similar. <laughs> but you but you never like what Sandre Lerke. He was Norwegian, but you don't you don't really hear about the, the pop of of Norway. Of Norway, no, you hear about the metal of Norway well, and but, the pop of Sweden. But I, I had no idea there was a metal scene. So of course there is. But black, like the black Swedish death metal, yeah. I mean, there's a metal scene in Austin. I mean, it's not huge. It's not what <laughs> like you yeah, like Cookie you, Monster. Like Nor- you attached a washing machine to the back of your truck and drove it down the street. Yeah, that's that is Miguel describing Kyle's taste in music. So Norway is San Antonio, and then uh, <laughs> then Sweden is Austin. Sure, sure. <laughs> Run with it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So so in the in the drowned in sound review of this this uh, record. Talking about sort of what these influences are and like where the threads are that feel familiar. Uh, This guy says, as comparable to New Order or Saint Etienne, who we haven't really talked about, uh, as the more ethereal shoegaze bands of the early 90s, um, basically he says, um, he calls to mind uh, just something that feels a little bit more organic about kind of what their approach is. And even with some of these B sides, like I feel that like. I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a kernel of truth in that. Like some of these songs, even the ones that aren't fully formed, are still pretty warm. Yeah, the songwriting's there. I mean, the hooks are there. That's I think again, it comes like the question that we've posed. I think a few times in during this. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that like love music like this, 
you know. Well, that I, I means some of us are here. Um, yeah, but my, my only beef with it uh, is that it doesn't sound contemporary. Like it sounds like it's from another era than when it was produced, which is not even really a beef because I still like it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, it go. go neither do. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of bands out there that don't sound like they're. I mean, go. Um, like I like go listen, listen, listen to Lee, bands like the, no, but Leon Bridges doesn't sound he's the sound like he's from right now. He sounds like he's straight out of like mid 1960s soul music. I mean, it, right? No, it doesn't mean it's bad. I'm just saying like it's like a minor beef. Like like they're not necessarily breaking new ground, but it's no, they're really not. Good. They're, they're not breaking new ground at all, and that's kind of why I said it's a good listen. This album isn't going to change the world, but man, it it is a good listen, and they, there's definitely talent there, and they do what they do well. You know, you know, like. Like I brought up the thing about Leon Bridge. I mean, there's a lot. Alabama Shakes does a lot of like soul from the '60s and stuff like that. I mean, you, nobody. Yeah, they're pretty good. The question sure. I have is like, with all these, uh, you know, with all of these really terrific like uh, hook laden songs, why is the guy on the cover still so sad? And I think he got beat up. That's and then went, had to go in the studio and sing. Yeah, that dude had a rough night. I'm not. I'm not. I, I imagine he's not in the band. It's, you don't think? Well, he's got. Headphones on, but it's like, but no, but it's like kind of like a Smith style thing where like it's I just. Don't know. A, uh, Wait, could he be like the Bez of? Uh, you know, could be. Yeah, could be. No, no, Bez, no Bez could really take. No, no, Bez didn't play tambourine. He played maracas. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, <laughs> <No. laughs> equally consequential. And by the way, yes. And by the way, he Bez is still in the current incarnation of the Happy Monday. <laughs> of course he is. Yeah, that's amazing. Did, did he take a break during Black Grape? Eight. Yeah, I think so. When you just pulled up all these marks, pulling up pictures of this guy on the cover of this, and I just remembered, like, what was it? We were looking for pictures of Dolly Parton, and then all of a sudden there's, like, one Ren Fair guy. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, oh. weird glitch in the Matrix or whatever. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, Ryan. And... Yes, I've got uh, this week's uh, current affair, which Shane thoughtfully... Uh, enlightened me to last night like four um, in the morning <laughs> four in the morning we were both super sober um and it, it is by the aforementioned uh slow dive slow dive yeah i don't remember the name of the song now but star i really Ro liked it star rover star rover yeah which by the way one of the um reviews of it calls it star roving and then in the text of the article actually like calls it the correct name so it was a little confusing to me uh, last night, but yes, it's. Uh, I think people that Slowdive is one of those bands that like that guy might have really liked that band, and like we're also excited that they're putting out new music again. And he's just typing as fast as he can. Yeah, I guess he was, uh, but anyhow, uh, yeah, I, d I dug it, and let's dig it together. <laughs> Saver nature of the video. That's a really fucking good song. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a great song, and the video is maybe the most boring video I've ever watched in my life. No, it just looks like something that like Microsoft would just like preload into whatever you bought in 2002. Yeah, you know what? If they if it if it were actually like flying toasters, like it would be a lot be more, more <laughs> interesting, be more yeah. exciting. But, but no, you sent me that. You sent me that at like four in the morning, and. I was still pouring through tonight's album, and and so eventually got around to it. And like, no, great song. They're still they sound like they haven't missed a beat. 
They got it. They're going on tour in May, and uh, they're just adding shows because they're selling out multiple nights. And like, well, they're New one York of those bands like like the Pixies, like where they weren't as big as they were going to get, and then they broke up. Right. And like through word of mouth and whatnot, they, you know, became like a bigger deal while they did nothing. Well, they're another one of well, those bands like like the Trash Can Sinatras, or you know, like that. Uh, I mean, that video that we just watched only has 400,000 views, but I guarantee you all 400,000 of those fucking, well, I probably watched Went them Went to start times. bands. Are never going to go watch them when they go on. So it has 399,997 real views. Yeah, and, and then like me watching it like three times. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a cool track. Yeah, it makes me miss Daniel. Yeah, yeah, that's a t- talk for another time. But Yeah, we won't, we won't bring that up too much, but we had a friend who was a big Slow Dive fan. Uh, still, still our friend, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You used to live with him, though. That is true. He got me turned on to that band many, many moons ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, so it's sort of the opposite of when you know, like, this has been a big sort of the last year and a half. I mean, slow dive. They got rained out here last year at the Levitation Fest, but they kind of reunited in 2014 to go out on tour, and they're finally putting a record out. I think in May. And uh, but it's been a big year for like people reun like like classic like how we did it a, a like few, people we were like really really ago. excited about in the nineties right like, exactly so the Stone Roses it, this is much 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 better than the Stone Roses is well the Stone Roses kind of sounded like they were phoning it in a little bit and this sounds like a really good slow dive song yeah no it is a really good slow dive but you you hear what I'm saying like there there's 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 just a big difference you know in expectations like the Stone Roses are. In in the UK, they're the fucking Stone Roses. They don't have to work that hard. They just put put up like lemon slice posters all over Manchester and uh, no. But I'm I'm saying like that song and we, like people were like, "What's happening with the Stone Roses?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we listened to we listened to that song. They're they're they put out two singles last year, but we listened to that one like uh, "Let's Build a Wall" and you know like I can't even remember it now, but it just wasn't very good. It was. I mean, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. This is good. The Stone Roses. This is genuinely good. No, it's, I think it's always refreshing to hear a band years down the road that sounds like they've still got something in the tank. Like, because yeah. it's not a given. Like, it's certainly well, I mean, not maybe given. they're happy to see each other again, and like, you know, it, it's just kind of clicking. But it, I, it's clicking. I think you see, and, that, and that's sort of what I'm saying about people that kind of fly under the radar. Don't have like, I think that's why you see more one hit wonders. You see a lot of one hit wonders, or you see a lot of bands does a lot and just sound completely clueless. After a couple of years, it's because they're chasing that zeitgeist of that moment rather than just writing songs that are just good. trying to find the thing within themselves that they they can create they, they their do own well. Deal. And that's, yeah, you're right. I mean, Neil Halstead is a the singer, main singer writer. Like, I mean, I mean, they'd probably be considered shoegaze, but they don't sound like anybody else. No, and that was kind of the thing about shoegaze is that if you go back and I mean, they were one of the big, you know, five bands probably of that. Of that era, what, you know, my buddy Valentine, Curve, Lush. No, uh, I, I wouldn't even put Curve in that. I would say my buddy Valentine, Ride, uh, Ride Slow for Dive, sure. Um, Lush, I'd put in there. But I mean, they all of these bands really kind of sound different. There's a kind of a a washy sound is the only well, yeah, and, and and not and not in a Phil Spector way, but wall of sound kind of, um, you know, it washes over you kind of thing. A little bit of Boo Radley's. Uh, yeah, Boo Redleys yeah. were a little more pop, but they had an element of that for yeah, sure. Yeah, they did sometimes, yeah. Anyway, I like the track. It's got a nice beat. And you can uh, dance, dance to it. it. And a swell video. High five. That was good. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Who's got next week? Ryan does. Ryan, what I do we do? I do. I, I Yeah, I, I've had this one on the mental Rolodex for a while, and, it, and I forgot about it for a little while. But uh, time to visit some Otis Redding. Oh, hey yeah, now. we don't – we do – I was just thinking we have not done any – We haven't done any, like, like 60s, 60s R&B. soul R&B. No, no. The, I mean, I did – I picked that that Stevie Wonder record, but it, that's not, that's, like – That's, that's not, not different. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's not that – that is, that, di- is that is different. Yeah, yes. that is 70s, and it's, it's further along. Uh, but Otis Blue, uh, Otis Redding Sings Soul is the record that I would like to get into next week. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I'll bet it will sound wonderful. I already know I like him, but I've just never listened to that yeah, record. he's pretty badass. All right. Okay, well, let's get out of here. All right, well, till next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. I'm Mark. This is Somebody Likes It.